0: today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. How could he love them
1: that much? Answer, because he prayed for them that much. Paul certainly prayed for them because he loved them, but what strikes me is that his love for them came vis-a-vis his prayers for them. The more he prayed for them, the more his love abounded toward them.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. You've been gifted with a supernatural ability. When you pray, your voice is heard by the creator of the universe. Not only does he hear you, he listens and acts. As Pastor J.D. will explain in today's message, one of the main ways that God acts is by altering your heart and replacing your fleshly impulses with righteous inclinations. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: Philippians chapter 1. Today and again, our text will be verses 7 through 11. The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit and says, verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God, verse 8, can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, verse 9, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So, I want to talk to you today about something that has been an enigma of sorts to me over the years concerning prayer and my prayer life. More specifically, when and why it is that sometimes prayers seemingly go unanswered. And in order to do that, I need to approach the text by making some observations as it relates to what and perhaps more importantly why the Apostle Paul prays what he prays for the Philippians. I'm sure you've heard the saying prayer changes things and certainly that's true, but prayer is so much more than that. Prayer not only changes things, prayer changes us. And prayer not only changes us, prayer changes how we see and even how we treat other people. That's what I want to talk about today. It's abundantly clear here with Paul in our text, such that He cared so deeply about the Philippians because he prayed continually for the Philippians. It just comes leaping out of the the text. I mean, did you notice the emotion with which Paul writes to them? I mean, he says, God is my witness. God himself can testify how my heart longs for you. God knows my heart. God sees the heart. Man only sees the outward appearance. And God knows my heart for you. You almost get the impression that he's pining for them. He aches for them. He certainly loves them. And that's because of his prayer for them. Now why do I point this out? Because this is exactly what happens... When we pray, it changes how we feel towards those for whom we pray. Stay with me on this, and notice with me, verse 7, where Paul expresses these strong emotions, these strong feelings. And he says that he longs for them in his heart in spite of the fact that he's in chains. I mean, he he thinks about them all the time. His heart is there with them. His heart longs for them. Now, I have to be honest and say that if I'm chained, imprisoned in Rome, as Paul was, I'm probably not thinking about you. I'm sorry. I'm not really longing. I'm, I'm just, again, I'm being honest and come on we're in church we have to be honest right i'm not longing for you in my heart i'm longing to be released from prison <laughs> but not paul i was uh thinking this morning in fact i looked at it uh before i came today where in i want to say it's 1st Thessalonians Uh, I might be wrong, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's chapter 1, where Paul basically says that he cares for, and it's actually in the context of when he was imprisoned in Philippi, to which this uh, letter is written to the church in Philippi. And he says basically this, he says, I care for you like a mother who is caring for a nursing infant. Oh my goodness. I mean, guys, when your wives nursed your children, is there not... I mean, there's nothing that compares with the beauty of that moment. And Paul is saying that that is how he feels about the church. That convicts me. Because when I ask myself... The question, especially as a pastor of how could Paul love this church so much? He, he loved them so much. I mean, that much. He, he says in verse eight that Again, God can testify how He longs for all of them with the affection of Jesus Christ. In other words, His affection for them, His fondness for them, His love for them is likened to the love and the affection that Jesus has for us. Oh. Please don't ask me if I love you as a church as much as Paul loved them as a church. I mean, I love you. I mean, I say that, and I hope you know that I mean that, but I have to confess that. I... Not as much as a mother nursing an infant. I'm sorry. That's love. Let's try to answer this question. How could he love them that much? Answer, because he prayed for them that much. Paul certainly prayed for them because he loved them, but what strikes me is that his love for them came vis-a-vis his prayers for them. The more he prayed for them, the more his love abounded toward them. And this is why, to me, in verse 9, Paul prays that their love will abound more and more in both knowledge and depth of insight. And then in verse 10, he also prays that they'll be able to discern what's best, so they'll be pure and blameless until Christ returns, which is interesting. It reminds me of what John said the one who has this hope in him, purifies himself. Then, in the last part of his prayer, in verse 11, he prays that they'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here's where I'm going with this. One of the main reasons that many of us, in our interpersonal relationships... Are riddled with conflict is because of this. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that our relationships are riddled with conflict, it's this. And I'll use the marriage relationship as an example. Instead of praying for each other, the husband and wife will stay angry with each other have you ever noticed that you cannot stay angry at somebody for whom you are praying? Well you might start off, you know, and and actually you start, you know, uh, praying like David prayed. God, kill him! (laughs) No, no. I I promise you God is not going to answer that prayer, okay? But no you cannot stay angry with someone for whom you are praying and there's a reason for that you want to know why because this is how God wired us if you will this is what happens when we pray it changes us from the inside out we're no longer mad at them why because God gives us a love for them when we pray for them. Because, see, now we have an investment in them, and our heart changes towards them. The reason I use the marriage relationship as an example is because here you have this marriage conflict between husband and wife. Did it ever dawn on you, husband, and I'll pick on the husbands, because again I'm just as guilty as the next guy but you're having a a conflict or as one pastor said it for pastors we don't call it that we call it intense fellowship um, when we're having intense fellowship slash conflict slash argument slash knockdown drag out <laughs> it reminds me I, I gotta share this it's just it's too good it's too funny and it's been a while since I shared it. So um, so the story goes that this husband was bragging about how he'll never let the sun go down on his anger. That I mean, even if he and his wife have to stay up till two o'clock in the morning and not go to sleep when they're angry, he says, we will not go to bed angry. And sure enough, my wife will come crawling on her hands and knees to me, and she'll say to me, come out from underneath that bed and fight like a man, you coward! I kind of like that one. <laughs> but here's what happens. And this is actually something my wife and I... Uh, did many, many years ago, we made the decision to never discuss weighty issues in the evening when we're tired, because there was such a greater propensity for a conflict, that we would always wait until the morning, we had a good night's sleep, we were fresh, God's mercies are new every morning, and we would seek him first, and we would pray, and I'll tell you, it changes the whole complexion. In fact, what usually happens is you wake up the next morning and, and you're like, okay, what, what was that argument about again last night? <laughs> oh, the toothpaste cap. Yeah, that was it, I'm sure. That was Boy, that was a deal breaker, wasn't it? But this is how God has made us. Our heart will change toward those for whom we choose to pray. And I use the word choose for a reason. The reason is, is that the onus is on us to make the decision to go against how we feel about them and choose to pray for them. And when we do, boom, it changes everything. Because you might start off with, Lord, just bless them. Ah! You know, it might be like that at first, but boy, it's not long before it goes from Lord bless them to Lord bless them. Bless them. You pronounce God's blessing on them, and you know what happens? God blesses you, and God changes you. I think it's something that Oswald Chambers once said, maybe this is a word for somebody here today. I know that uh, God used it in my life in a powerful way, especially in my marriage. And of course, you know that as a pastor, you know, my wife and I who have been married 30 years. Next month, we have a perfect marriage. So this is all theoretical for me. <laughs> is there a lightning bolt coming down? <laughs> but Oswald Chambers said, it's not, have you been wronged? It's, have you wronged? And early on in my marriage, I was like, here's basically how my prayers went. It's like, oh God, show her that she's wrong. <laughs> really? Like, like God's in heaven going, I knew it. I knew she was wrong. Okay, I'm on it, JD. I'll get right on that. No. <laughs> it's more like, oh, 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 you want me to show her that she's wrong? A couple months ago, I I opened up the cabinet. I don't know where this came from. I need to talk to Pastor Mac about this. But there's a log. And it says, remove from eye before speaking. Matthew 7. (laughs) So here I am. Lord, get that speck out of her eye. And God's going, oh, really? I can't. Sorry, (laughs) I have to get the log out of yours first. Ouch. I got the scars to prove it too, by the way. Listen to what Matthew 5, uh, Jesus said, verses 43 through 45. I need to move a little faster here. like a lot faster. (laughs) Let me preface it this way. This is the how. Behind the what of praying for someone with whom you are angry. This is the key, the secret, if you will. Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and, here it is, Wait for it. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For real? Yeah. I'm to pray for my enemies? Yeah. I'm to love my enemies? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's not an easy do. I hate them. Let's be honest. Again, we're in church. I don't want to love them. and I'm certainly not going to pray for them. Oh, but here's the thing. If you pray for them, you'll love them. That's how it works. That's how God wired us. Yeah, my wife would, uh, again, this is many years ago when I had an imperfect marriage. My wife would (laughs) say to me, you know, I love you, but I don't like you right now. She has to love me, right? I'm supposed to always love her, but I don't like you right now. In fact, I hate you right now. I love you, but I hate you. Okay. Well, if I feel that way, then I make the choice to pray, and the hate will go away. Because again, you cannot remain angry or upset with someone for whom you are praying. That's how God made us. We have a problem, and I want to address it in the remainder of our time together today, and it's the matter of unanswered prayer. I am keenly aware that there are those who would say, you know, when I pray, nothing happens. I mean, maybe for you, you know, when you pray, God moves his mighty hand on your behalf and changes everything and changes you, but I pray and it seems like my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. What I want to share with you, it's not exhaustive, it's not in any particular order, but Over the years, I've kind of put together a list of what I see as the seven biggest reasons as to why prayers remain unanswered, and I'll go through these quickly. The first one's very specific to husbands. So wives, uh, don't elbow your husbands, and husbands, uh, we need to talk. (laughs) Unanswered prayer can be due to a husband who mistreats their wives. There's this verse in 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 7, that to this day searches my heart, and rightfully so. Listen to what the Apostle Peter wrote. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner. That's in the physiological sense, not inferior spiritually or in any other way physiologically, and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life, so that, listen, nothing will hinder your prayers. Did you catch that? Let's flip that around, which is what I always like to do when it comes to Scripture, to have a better understanding. If Peter is saying that the way I treat my wife has the potential to hinder my prayers, then wouldn't that also mean that if I treat my wife respectfully, dwell with her in understanding, as another translation renders it, very interesting word in the original, and am considerate and loving that my prayers will be heard? You betcha. You betcha. Talk about having scars to prove something. I've got many scars to prove this. Many times I'm petitioning the throne and the Holy Spirit in that still, small, gentle voice says, Stop right there. Do not go any further. It's not that I don't want to answer your prayer. I cannot answer your prayer because of the way you're treating your wife. You get that right first and you come back. And we'll talk. But until then, I cannot. I cannot. You need to make that right.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but we want to encourage you to continue studying the book of Philippians on your own. Spend time today in God's Word, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal something new about your Savior as you read. The Bible is filled with promises and lessons that apply to you right now, even though it was written long ago. You'll always benefit from time spent in Scripture. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Philippians 2, you can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to make this a priority. A church family can be a source of support and encouragement, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. Farag. You can find out more and get directions at our website in spiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor JD's Mideast east Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all the time we have for now. Thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true to